Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. All right, welcome back to Waveform. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And this is, uh, wow, we're, we're in the thick of it now, aren't we? <laughs> we are, yeah. <laughs> Welcome this. to Techtober. That's, that's the way I'll start it. So this is the, the heart of smartphone season. We knew it was coming, yeah. more or less. Like everything, we've talked about this before, but everything comes out by the holiday season sometime around now. Yeah, I feel like we're in, when we say heart of smartphone season, like tech, Techtober's still going to roll on for the rest of the month, but I feel somehow, some way, like, everything just happened to be this week it felt like in terms of smartphones we saw the iphone event we had and then we just had some embargoes that kind of like hit now too like we're just yep. starting to see lg wing stuff we're seeing all this pixel stuff one plus t came out like i can't remember the last time in one week we've had four different phones in our hands where we're like like really important just getting ones them. where yeah. we where we really want to dive into them all at the same time mm-hmm. but we can't yeah, so that's that's where we're at. I think also since we have all these events, we can we can sort of update our power rankings. I think we should our power rankings of how well these these live events have translated. So yeah. just as a refresher, like it's it's hard to translate a good product presentation in front of an audience that will clap for some things and react to some things into an online presentation where you can choose to continue to keep that style and sort of skip the applause or turn it into a whole production. We all know it's pre-recorded, but maybe you do want to do some stuff live. It's uh, it's different. It definitely like is, it's harder for sure. Like every we're gonna rank these, and like we totally understand that doing all of this is not easy. There's there's something to like an event where you go, you're there with a million people, you're in this big venue, and they have giant screens where like 
the the event could probably be terrible, but the pr- presentation of you just like feeling in the moment is gonna feel awesome. So that's like, so true. It's so much different now sitting at your desk or sitting on your couch at home. Like yeah, it takes something completely different to really get somebody locked into an event. But there's something to be said about that. So there is something to being there. The atmosphere of it is one thing, mm-hmm. but I think the replacement for that is production value yes and i think that is an easy segue into like my number one event still so far is apple's wwdc yeah now i think apple has one up themselves in production value since then Mm -hmm. but i think that was a great tone setter for like oh wow that's how good a live pre-recorded but live event can be for a product announcement yeah and we got that early in the in the Mists of all this like, summer yeah, yeah we had summer i mean stuff was kind of getting canceled wwdc got or not uh, mobile world congress got canceled in february so that was kind of the first thing we saw canceled so mm-hmm. if you think about it june's pretty close around the corner so for them to have that ready that early on to canceling yeah. the event like that was really impressive they made the decision to not have an event and to record something and that's what they made so that's that's still number one for me mm-hmm. and then we had the uh the september event which was watch and ipad yeah and then i'm putting so i'm gonna put right above that right in between the two apple events the october apple event for the iphones that we just saw and the reason i'm not putting it number one is even though it had better production value and i liked the products they announced better i thought it was a great event the verizon and the 5g part of it Mm -hmm. where they harped on how great 5g was going to be and they brought I guess the CEO or a CFO of Verizon on stage for a while, it was a little much for me. Yes. And that took me sort of out of the the moment, for sure. unlike the other two Apple events. So it, it went down a notch because of that, but the production value was so good. I think the production value was the best we've seen because it had those transitions into the like oh my AR houses and that just so like good. side of the house cut out, which was absolutely incredible. But I completely agree that the Verizon guy has to put this down a notch because it just felt oh so un-Apple in that moment. It was so corporate, and, though. Yeah. It was like, it was, they're, they're very used to just crazy. speaking to us. Apple is a corporate company. Like, we know that, but, like, they've just created this persona that feels way more intimate. And I think they just have incredible presenters. Yeah. They happen to have really, really good presenters. And whether that's the direction or the production or whatever it is, I don't really know if I can speak to being behind the scenes. But... Yeah, the Verizon presentation part wasn't that great. All also, right. do we think that little house thing, was that an actual like house set that they built or was that all like constructed with effects and different scenes that they shot separately? I would say at least the bottom house, the bottom half. There was like a second floor that I don't think they ever went to, but I would guess at least the bottom half is like completely constructed. So they built an entire house bottom half of a oh, house man. set somewhere on apple campus uh, i'm gonna tell you to look up something here quickly because okay. this is a show that was even before my time but i somehow managed to catch reruns of it there's an old game show on nickelodeon called finders keepers which was basically like do you know those old puzzles you used to find in magazines that's like here's a picture of a scene find these hidden objects in yeah. it. so the whole show is based on that Mm. And then when you got into the final rounds, you would go into this house and you'd have to find certain objects in each of the rooms. And their set was a big house with the fronts cut off so that the live audience could see. So look up a Finders Keepers TV show on Google. I mean, it's not going to look as nice because it's a kid's show, but do you see it? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
And so you get, they've built this whole thing just yeah, for this. Yeah, they built it on a set. So like, so it would not surprise me if they built a set. I mean, look at, Ikea has like these little sets. I'm sure they built it just good enough for for it to look perfect for the presentation. Half the stuff probably didn't have to work. Half of it was probably being held up by like duct tape and glue. As long as that's not on camera, who cares? But it, like, so compare that and the production value of putting that together for your phone announcement versus everything else that we've seen underneath it in the that's power rank. That's why they're up on the top. It's so it's yeah. so massive of a difference. And so actually, OnePlus's event was the next day, OnePlus 8T. Mm-hmm. And it was, again, a whole lot of that, like what Google did, where there was a lot of like slightly off-axis not talking to the camera. Uh, so it was a live pre-recorded event, and they had... You know, this couple of present- presenters in this big, clean, white room yeah. and a little interview set. And it was like, it was produced nicely, but it wasn't as personal and it didn't feel... I mean, I know Apple's a tough act to follow, mm-hmm. but the, the difference was so so stark when you see them back to back. I would say if I had to compare it to something, I don't know if I've done Google, which we'll talk about next, because even though that was a couple weeks ago, we had the Main Gear episode last week. Mm-hmm. So uh, we haven't gotten to talk about it yet, but... It felt to me like if they tried to take one part of Apple, which is like Tim Cook on the stage, and tried to copy just that. They would have mm-hmm. like a guy in this big empty room with a screen next to it, and he would talk. Now, like you said, the big difference was he talked off camera, which is just like super I not think, I think it makes a, a giant difference a huge to difference. not talk to the camera. Because yeah. when Apple, when these people are speaking, not even just Apple, but when you're speaking directly to the camera, it feels like you're telling me as I watch what you want to tell me, whether it's a new product or a new feature or whatever. And when you speak off camera, it looks now like an interview or an ad, and it, it's instantly that much less personal and that much less relatable and that much more corporate, just, it, just from that one little touch. I mean, if you want to talk about how important that is, we say the Microsoft Duo events, like the next step under the Apple events, and mm-hmm. while the production quality on that was so much lower, it had... Panos and different people on the team talking directly to the camera exactly super super personally and like that's how they pulled that off being one of our favorite events that's not apple so yeah you can go the super simple route you just have to be and i'm not saying anyone's not passionate but like microsoft pulled it off as just making us feel the passion with them it's a style choice it's 100 it's it's the right style choice i think samsung despite their unpacked events could have stylistically chosen to do it differently it's just not their way yeah <laughs> it's just not their way so they they did their whole big production their whole big ad uh which was a little bit chaotic the first time and they toned it down but yeah mm-hmm. that's lower on the power rankings because it's just it's just not the same yeah and and one plus they they had a lot of moments that just felt like they were trying to take that extra step and it didn't quite pan out there was just like there were times where they kept moving the camera to add all this space and i thought some like text or something was gonna pop up and then the text would pop up like along the bottom and then you just had a ton of empty space for no reason or um lots of graphs and stuff like that that just quickly like we we were watching and then all of a sudden we would notice we're all just talking to each other and none of us were facing the event anymore so it you know what i like about oneplus though their events have always had this pretty consistent voice to them. So even when they were doing regular events, they would kind of have this like underdog uh, yeah. presenter attitude where like, you know, how much do you think this phone's going to cost? Like we, you've seen our competitors, you know, they're more expensive. We figured we'd do it this way. And like they, they still keep that voice. For sure. Which is good. Um, but, you know, if I'm, if I'm putting them in the power rankings right now, I'm putting them, I guess I would say fifth 
right below Surface Duo event, okay. right above their AR event and Unpacked. Okay, we'll go. We'll relist everything at the end of here. Sure. So just to to recap on it. Um, but next we have the Google. We'll call it Pixel Five event. I mean, it was Pixel Five <sighs> and also like the new Nest Home Nest lineup. Audio, all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. That was just textbook ad. It was it was all the stuff that we were talking it about was... how it's not personal. Where like it's it's produced very well and it was on Google stuff, so we know what we're expecting. Half mm-hmm. of it leaked already, but we're we're waiting for the information about the phone. And they would go minutes at a time in this like little Q and A or like ad segment where it's clearly not personal, but they would do it anyway. And then you'd get you'd start to just lose focus and lose track of what's going mm-hmm. on. And by the time you're ten minutes later getting back to the next product, it's like I didn't learn anything there. That was almost wasted. So yeah, all, it, it was the off camera talking, all that stuff. What I found the most interesting about it is when it first opened, we looked at each other and we're like, wow, the like the production quality of this is really good. And we like instantly were like, okay, this is gonna be one of the better live events we've seen. And mm. as it went on, segment by segment, it just dropped and dropped and dropped <laughs> because plummeted. It kind of reminds me of if you like we've obviously been to Google I.O. events, but um I don't know if everybody's watched them. If you remember IO events, it would always be a presenter and then they would have this little segue into the next thing that would kind of recap everything they did without going deep into the information. It would just be like a quick little montage of the product they just talked about. That event felt like they just took all the montages and put them together. So you got almost Mm. no information. You just got like these fun little commercials for each thing, which are wonderfully produced and like really fun to watch. But if you don't know any of the information behind it, it's kind of pointless for us to watch it. Exactly. Like I learned almost nothing about the Pixel 5 from that event. So it is, I think that's a good way of putting it, a fun little bunch of commercials they put together for us to watch. Yeah, but commercials aren't fun when you watch them for half an hour straight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why that's lower on the power rankings. I agree. When we first started, I was like, oh, Google. Wow. Nice. Okay. They've got the budget. They've got the the know-how to make this look great. And then it just slowly started descending as they started. It started actually with Rick Osterloh talking straight to the camera. Yes, and we th- we were like perfect. And that was that was a great start. Yeah. And then from that point on, it was everyone doing the ad thing. Mm-hmm. So, so Rick nailed it. Opening yeah, Rick. tons of perfect. If you guys do your whole event like that, and you can keep some of the high production quality stuff, but just talk to us. Talk to us, please. We're yeah, here. We're right here. We're watching. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's go over the power rankings completely here and number one wwdc still Mm -hmm. number two apple october iphone event only because of the verizon stuff yeah then number three apple's september event which was apple watch and ipad air Mm -hmm. so it's apple 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 top three i mean those are just again they hit all the marks they they talked to us they had easily the best production quality yeah and it was it was just to the point we got all the information we need, maybe a little extra information, but no, at no point in any of the Apple ones were we really like sidetracked during everything. You're just paying attention to it. Constant information. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And by the way, there's more events that are not on our power rankings that are happening. We're just listing our, our major ones. Yeah. Uh, number four, Microsoft Surface Duo unveiling with Panos. Official walkthrough video. Mm-hmm. That was great. Number five, OnePlus 8T event. And this is where we start to get towards like the bottom half where none of them really do the personal talk to the camera thing anymore. Yeah, and get deducted major points Yeah, because of that. Right below that, I have Samsung's 
or no, right below that I have Samsung uh, OnePlus's AR event, and then right below that is Samsung Unpacked and Samsung Galaxy uh, Fold event. Google should be in there between. Oh yeah, where's Google? AR event and well, Where it's de- it's above that? Samsung Unpacked, and we just oh we've talked about it before. Samsung Unpacked was just oh my, it felt like a like Nickelodeon sitcom with like how cringy some of the like talk and responses were to each other it just it was really hard to not notice that and then quickly you're just like oh man the script's terrible what am i watching i forgot i'm watching this for a new phone or new tech or anything yeah and no and no bixby home so like mm, minus 100 major major points deducted (laughs) for no bixby okay so that so to wrap it up so it's uh one plus error event six google event seven samsung fold eight samsung impact nine there we go there it is Okay, let's do a let's do our little recap of uh, some videos we've done on the channel since we last talked, and we did this is before Main Gear, so we're going all the way back to eight videos ago, and it's eight smartphone videos. So what do you know? Smartphone season. Oh in wait, full no, effect. there's one that's not a smartphone video. Oh, true. There's there's one, one non-smartphone, but there's a smartphone in the thumbnail, so it's good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and also our TikTok video, but we'll get to that. Uh, so the first one was iOS 14, the ultimate home screen setup guide. This is mainly just we saw everyone's finally getting iOS 14 right before the new iPhones are getting announced and discovering widgets in the beautiful world of what you can do mm-hmm. with them. So did a little level one, level two, level three uh, home screen setup guide. By the way, neat story. The people, uh, the artist actually who developed the icon pack that I use in the video had a pretty great article about how he made a yeah, lot. Yeah, I'm going to put that in the show notes. We tweeted about it and we debated tweeting about it because we were worried all the Twitter replies were just going to be check out my icon pack can you please feature my icon pack which kind of has happened a little bit it 100% <laughs> happened and I'm actually really bummed about it because I thought it was a really fun story and we posted it because we wanted to show just a cool story that was completely unprompted by us asking or anything he just yeah. created that and I wish more people read it instead of just trying to spam their icon packs. Yeah. Um, Moral of the story, I think, product is king. There was no sponsorship 100%. or anything there. Yeah. It was just a great thing that they that they made. Uh, after that was Galaxy S20 Fan Edition video, which was talking about the phone, but also its positioning and Samsung's gigantic lineup of phones, which go all the way from 99 to $3,400, which is yeah. the like Tom Brown Edition Galaxy huh. Z Flip 2 with all that other stuff that comes with it. Yeah, we're going to talk about price ranges later yeah. also. But that that video is uh, just a another one in this hot new six to $700 price range that's mm-hmm. happening now. So that was good. Then there was the one non-smartphone video, the, uh, the Apple Watch Series 6 review. It's out. It's great watch. I'm wearing it right now. I didn't think I would switch to it, but I did get the black one, and uh, it's got a couple new features my title is it's bait because it's it's some of the greatest ecosystem bait ever. It's such a great watch that doesn't work with any other phone but the iPhone. And as soon as you get used to really liking the Apple Watch, you don't want to use any other smartwatch or any other phone that yeah. doesn't work with one. So Apple Watch Series 6 is out. Then the next one is why don't people buy Sony smartphones? A topic that I think has been on all our minds for a long time and we just didn't really have any reason to put together those thoughts into a video. Um, until we finally, six months after ordering it from B&H, got the Xperia 1 Mark II, which is one of the six most... Six months. Yeah, six months after I pre-ordered. And it it, ha- it has a lot of really cool features, and I went over all of them in the video. It's a 4K screen. 
Mm-hmm. It's a 4K screen in your pocket. That's the main thing when people say, why don't you do Sony smartphones is it's a 4K screen. I thought you liked 4K. Yeah, and- but there's so much other other stuff to that story and where Sony's been all these years. You know, never mind their naming of their products, but their marketing and their inability to launch a product the way others do. So that's all in that one video. And I think that's a good place to put it. Um, then we got right to iPhone season. So iPhone 12 lineup was announced, iPhone 12 mini, iPhone 12, iPhone 12 Pro, and iPhone 12 Pro Max, uh, and also HomePod mini. Shout out to the little HomePod mini. We'll see if that actually Mm. changes anything or makes me want to use a HomePod because I clearly didn't like the first one, but they're all out there and that video is up. Then in the last uh, 19 hours, we have the OnePlus 8T review. The Google Pixel 5 unboxing and first impressions, shout out to FedEx, and the $200 <laughs> smartphone, the Infinix Note 8, which was like kind of like an exploration of like, what can you get for for 200 bucks now? Now that we have all these great six $700 phones and the best phones are stretching all the way up to 2000 yeah. bucks, what has happened to the baseline? And it's actually moved up a lot. So it's, it's gotten a pretty way good, better. Pretty good one to look at. Also, was, sorry. Yeah, that was a pretty good one yeah. to, to look at. That was sponsored by Infinix and they got that phone in our hands for that showcase, and it was really cool. Yeah. Also, fun fact, our original Pixel 5 we were supposed to get, we said, shout out to FedEx. It's still somewhere in Tennessee, apparently. Allegedly, um, yeah. They don't know where it is. If you call them and ask, they'll say, the latest we have is it's departed Memphis, and that was supposed to get here, let's see, it's Thursday, so that's five days ago. It's supposed to be here Saturday, right? Like, latest on Monday? Yeah. So, like, I understand mail is harder in this pandemic, but we just straight up never got that, so... We had to actually get it in touch with Google, and they had to ship another one. Yep. So there we go. Got the fe- got the Pixel Five. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk. We'll talk new form factors, and we'll talk. We'll talk our TikTok video about <laughs> LG Wing. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. VAN29.com. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So, NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, we made a TikTok. We made a TikTok. And like we've made, we've made some TikToks, mm-hmm. but we made the TikTok. We made one... I told you this one was gonna blow up. You did. I I called this one. I mean, our other ones have done well, one million, one point eight, and like three point two million. Yeah, I mean, okay. I've I've been making videos for for years, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of YouTube, you know. Ever since Creator of the Decade, you kind of have to zoom out and look at like there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Facebook video. But I'd resisted TikTok for a long time. You know, it's it's the place where there's cheesy jokes and physical humor and like dancing videos and like I don't know if I'm cut out for TikTok mm-hmm. right but I always saw TikTok and like open the app and you guys have seen it on my phone and videos and like I watch them yeah. there's some cool stuff but I've never found a way to like shoehorn my passion for tech into TikTok but I'm also now I guess now that we've made these TikToks super <laughs> aware that it does fit and that there's plenty of great stuff yeah. in the tech world for TikTok. You need to think so far outside the box or just like so much simpler because like we are trying to cram as much information as possible into a like 10 minute video mm-hmm. to try and to help people make a buying decision where TikTok is more like I have the attention span of a goldfish and I want to laugh as quick as possible. All and, I'm doing, or like, be amazed. Yeah, it's. I I had the idea a while ago of like, all right, I think TikTok could be good if we did like a, like my whole thing, like you said, is density of information. Mm-hmm. What if I did like a 15 second video of every everything that we do on the channel on TikTok? So like a new Pixel Five would come out, and I do like a 15 second vertical video of like, all right, Pixel Five. Here's the camera stuff. Here's the battery's great. Here's a new metal build. But while the charging works through it, blah blah. blah 15 seconds, and I'd be like, maybe I could do that, and it will work on TikTok. But I never did it because it just felt like kind of forced. And I don't know. Maybe I might still work yeah. on that idea. But we found something a little simpler, which is just quick. Go to the clips. memes, baby. Straight to the it's memes. It's all about the memes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we had done a couple. And then I finally had one click. I watch TikTok more than I'd like to admit. I think it is amazing. <laughs> I think everyone I, who watches TikTok over the age of 22 watches TikTok more than like. I want to like get rid of the stigma. There is, if you watch enough of it, there are plenty of creators out there who are over their teenage years and you can quickly find a a group of creators that you like and and cater to your demographic but you know what that perfectly reminds me of what how everyone always said youtube was just cat videos (laughs) and everyone who got older just ignored youtube because it's just cat videos but what do you find on youtube now vibrant diverse communities of all kinds of things that people want to engage with and so here we are in, in danger of becoming those old people. We almost didn't embrace we TikTok. We almost did, yeah. But here we are. Anyway, what are we even talking about right okay, now? TikTok. So, yeah. So, we made a TikTok. So, I guess I'll start with the story about it. Is we, we got the LG Wing, which is like the most radical form factor of a phone you can think of right now. It swivels. Yeah. It doesn't sound as nice as purely microphone-wise. 
Microsoft Duo still wins wins the ASMR power. The ranking, thump is obviously more yeah. satisfying, yeah. Um, but I, we knew we had to do a TikTok video because it's different and non-phone enthusiasts would like it. And I had obviously been watching a lot of TikTok mm-hmm. and thought of a song that's kind of popular right now, the like hip swing song. And right. I thought, swing, wing, why don't we like mm. pretend it's just a regular phone and people will be like, huh, I know this song though. And then right on the swing part, we f- swing it open. Mm-hmm. And then people who have no idea what this is, which I think is everybody outside the tech world, is like, what in the world just happened? Yeah. And we did that. It took like five or six shots. Uh, Brandon was on camera. You were hitting your marks on that, and I was just <laughs> laughing in the corner, thinking, "I can't believe I pitched this to Marquez, and it's working." And I feel like I also kind of had a hunch that it would be a good TikTok because there's also this thing on TikTok called duets, yeah, which for a lot of people has been this really creative way to like, it's just side by side video where you take a video and then record either your reaction yeah. or like you. Sometimes people singing alongside another person singing, so it's like a duet basically, but. I'd, I'd done this video on the just the Xbox when we first got it, just hitting the power button, turning it on. And that was when I realized, oh, people are going to do it my TikToks too. Okay. And I go over and check them out. And it's just people reacting like surprised, like, oh, it turned on. I oh. thought it was one of those dummy models. Um, and so I realized, yeah, with Wing, it looks like a normal smartphone right up until you swing it out. And so people are going to realize what's happening right at, at yeah. that moment. And so it has that little moment in it. So I've been pretty caught up seeing how it's done which is done really well but i completely forgot about duets so let's yeah. go over some of the stats and then can you tell me how many duets it has is that something you can look at oh yeah i'll open the app so i tiktok okay. does not have as much analytics as i wish it had as as numbers obsessed as i am but let's see we posted this tiktok as of the time of this recording 20 hours ago mm-hmm. if this was a youtube video this would break every record uh i've ever posted so i'll <laughs> just start it with that so this video has 10.3 million views. It has 1.3 million likes and it has 25,500 comments. That's absolutely wild. All in less than 24 hours and I think my page went from less than 170,000 followers to over 270,000 followers. And yeah, I I would love to have seen some sort of in-depth analytics on this. But that's all I know. So we were trying to gauge how many we thought it would get we were trying to think of within the first 24 hours and i don't know if either any of us even said a million i thought it was going to beat the other ones we had mm-hmm. but i didn't know it was going to beat it like this this fast yeah um so we are now our top videos three million so we're three times over that in less than 24 hours and that video has been up for a couple weeks yeah by the time you see this um, podcast it might have been on a whole nother level the it question, could literally reach 20 million by the time this podcast. So a couple of really interesting things to me come up from just the analytics. And we'll talk more about LG Wing in a second. I'm yeah, just, yeah, we're, we're going to actually TikTok, get into the Wing. We're on this TikTok rip right now. But first of all, the ratio of engagement to views is really, really high. Mm-hmm. And so on YouTube for me, typically you'll see about about 10% is a good number. So if you see a video with 100,000 likes, or, mm-hmm. or uh, sorry, 100,000 views, for example, 10,000 likes is a pretty normal number for that, 10%. Yeah. Um, on TikTok, right away, as soon as we posted it, I remember uh, we just like refreshed it a couple minutes later and it had like 500 something views and 187 likes. And I was like, if you saw that on YouTube, that would be very suspicious. Yeah. That would be we- really weird, like a 40% on, on that, that ratio. 
So that was number one. So again, now this has 10 million likes or 10 million views and a million and a half likes. Um, I have videos on YouTube with 10 million views and the ratio typically goes down from 10% as mm -hmm. the views go up and it's stayed. It's a million likes. So that's, that's number one, really interesting to me. Number two is I posted about this on Twitter and one really interesting thing came up, which is uh, a little suspicion. Maybe it's a conspiracy theory, but someone oh, said gosh. they think TikTok, when a new creator's coming up and posting their first few TikToks will really boost them in the algorithm and really share, overshare their videos in the For You page so that they get hooked to chasing those numbers and then they never see the same numbers or engagement ever again. And to me, that would make sense for TikTok to see, oh, look, a new upcoming thing. Let yeah. me share it and see if it hooks. I don't think it's intentionally like keep them chasing the numbers or anything malicious like that, but it can very easily be construed that way when a creator comes up and, and tries to see if they can make something go big on TikTok and then it does and then it never happens again. So you are, you're verified on TikTok. Do you know if that was right. like after your first video? It did that already? It's a good question. So I posted that Xbox TikTok and it started to get a lot of traction. And that's when one of my friends, Sam Sheffer, actually, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> he actually DM'd me on Twitter with a screenshot of it like, hey, just so you should know, there's somebody on TikTok posing as you reposting your clips. Uh, and they have like the MKBHD, um, MKB underscore HD username, just okay. so you know. And I said, Sam, you found my TikTok. And he was like, what? No way. This doesn't look official at all. Huh. Let me get you in touch with my TikTok contact. And so from that Sam. point, they were able to get me the actual MKBHD username and verified in the same day. So that video was already blowing up before that happened. So I don't think I can tie a video blowing up to getting verified. But it, okay. was, definitely, it was definitely after that point that it definitely so, hooked. So looking at these videos, we have seven up right now. Yeah. I have a hard time believing they would, the way the the views work here just don't really make sense, at least in terms of our latest video. So like Xbox 1.9 million, obviously doing very well. Before that's a couple hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. Next video is 3.5 million. So like if you want to throw the conspiracy theory, there it is like 1.9 to 3.5. But then the next video is 500,000. So like yeah. drop significantly. Like it's also possible that it just wasn't a good enough video because five hundred fifty thousand is way more than the others before it. It just wasn't good enough to to catch engagement. And maybe when another one does catch engagement, they keep pushing it. Again, this is a whole lot possibly. of questions because there's hardly any analytics for me to look at in TikTok, and I, I mean, would learn a lot more. I from would that. not doubt if after you got verified, there's a higher chance of someone being verified getting popped up into someone's algorithm. Whether that means it's them like overly trying to push it or just they'd rather not take the risk of non-verified users in the like for you page it's probably more of just like a risk assessment kind of thing so sure. like you benefit from it but i highly doubt they like then stop all of a sudden to make you start chasing things right it wouldn't make sense for them to stop as much as that conspiracy theory suggests but i just Why? thought it was interesting that yeah the the videos right as you start tiktok are immediately like funneled into this like amplification system where it's absolutely everywhere i think it just has the it has the best chance of somebody to go from absolutely nothing to like a full-blown oh, influencer facts. on tiktok it's definitely why it's, it's absolutely wild how you see one person makes up a dance and it hits people's pages and people start the minute people start replicating that dance it just happens for, it's everywhere i think one of my favorite ones is 
this guy doing this really great dance, and I can't remember what it is. He has like over 50 million views on the, because every single person's tried to replicate it, and not a single person's gotten anywhere near as good as him. Mm -hmm. And like, it was just a guy dancing in his bedroom. And there's probably a lot of duets and a lot of people talking about it and a lot of comments. My question, just because there's no analytics and my numbers brain wants to know, are like, what are the records on TikTok? Like, what is the most viewed? I know like The Rock is on TikTok and does crazy numbers, but like, what's the most viewed TikTok ever? What's the most viewed, uh, what's the most liked TikTok? I don't don't know know. most viewed or most liked, but searching through some things, I've I've come up against ones that I'll notice it gets duetted a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I'll click on the original one and you scroll through their page and I've seen pages where just every single video on the grid is 20 million views. Jesus. At least. That's, yeah. that's, that's so crazy. You'd think some of them would just fail, but I think after a certain point on there, it's kind of like uh, like Ariana Grande on Instagram. Like every one of her posts is just going to yeah. show numbers that you, no one can believe. Even the top influencers are like, that seems impossible. Yeah, that's crazy. So that, there's a reason why it's the number one like fastest growing social network, and mm-hmm. it's that algorithm is pretty damn good, man. Yeah. Anyway, so we that was the LG Wing. Yeah, let's talk about the actual <laughs> Wing now. Let's. Uh... Yeah, I'm holding it right now. It's a big phone. It's a pretty heavy phone. And as we speak, also we're working on the video about the LG Wing and like everything it does and like why it's interesting. But as an alternate form factor, basically what's happening is the front half of it spins up into this T-shape at the top and reveals a smaller screen underneath it. And the question, after you get over like the fact that this phone is transforming into like a T-shape, the question is like, why? Why why would you actually want a phone to do that? That's a lot of things yeah. with these alternate form factors when you unfold it and you're like, whoa, the screen folded in half? That's amazing. And then you calm down and you're like, okay, so why? And... I think for folding phones, we're finding that obvious answer is bigger screen, smaller smaller pocket. Like it just works out. Um, for for a swiveling screen, it's a very different set of answers. Some of which are just yes. like seeing two things at once or watching a video on the top screen in horizontal while texting vertically on the bottom screen. Mm-hmm. Um, putting the whole thing sideways in a car mount so that you have this like side rectangle screen there's a it's hard to describe on a podcast where you can't see what i'm doing but there's a lot of really interesting it's wise it's super interesting so like dual screens give you that chance of having like like a dual monitor setup that's pretty easy to imagine what the use case there is you can have two separate windows and then also which i would kind of argue is you have a bigger a bigger screen for media consumption where I think my argument on that is like the fold is going to unfold into non 16 by nine. So like you're getting a bigger screen, but, but it's 40% of it is black bars. So anyways, this is, this is a little different because you're getting two screens, but they're different sizes. So now do you put your less needed screen? Oh, they're also different, like, uh, not just different, yeah, different aspect ratios. So it's, it's weird. It's, you can't have your main media and then something you can really scroll that much on on the bottom because even bringing up Reddit, you'd probably only get two to three links in it. Um, mm-hmm. I will say the bottom screen is bigger than I imagined. Seeing pictures of it, I think the whole phone is bigger than I imagined. It is. But the bottom screen, I kept thinking about them saying you can text on the bottom. And I thought if you had the keyboard up and a text conversation, I don't think you'd have much room, but you can probably see two to three lines of of conversation 
yeah. with the keyboard in it, which is probably enough, especially if you're paying attention to a, a movie. I, though, I have higher hopes for it holding holding onto it than I did when just seeing it. Same. I think it's going to accomplish more than I gave it credit for to start. So I'm going to um, preface this by saying it is $1,000, right? And so it, you know, I didn't used to talk about price that much, but anytime now you have to consider like, do I actually want to get this phone? There's going to be other options of things you can get for the same money spent. So it's a thousand bucks. And so instead of getting like a normal high-end smartphone for a thousand bucks, you're going to get a, I believe it's 1080p 60 hertz P OLED on the front. You're going to get a Snapdragon 765G, so not the highest end chip. Mm-hmm. You're going to get like, you know, it's an LG phone, so it's got like the nice UI and it's got a bunch of LG's features. But, you know, there's nothing really too special as far as cameras or anything else going on. It's got a pop-up selfie camera. But what you're really paying for is getting that swivel. And that's the question is, like, how how valuable is that swivel going to turn out to be for real people? Yeah, I mean, the, the screen's 1080, but it's a nice-looking screen. It It's bright and vibrant, and maybe the resolution isn't quite as good as some other ones, but, like, it, it looks fine. Most yeah. people aren't going to notice this. Yeah. And like $1,000 is a weird price, I think, for this because in one hand, it's way cheaper than every other strange form factor. Like there's no fold anywhere close to this price. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but at the same time, you're having specs in it that are at the price range of like the seven to $800. So yeah. I, I think it's a fair price. I think it I think it's the perfect price. I think if LG wanted to go the extra step, probably lose money on this, but really show a new form factor and show that they're like leading in this this smartphone world, if they dropped it down to 750 or 800, which I don't think would yeah. be the best idea, uh, you know, profits-wide, I think this phone would be everywhere. Interesting. Uh, I, maybe not everywhere, but I think LG would be putting a way bigger dent into this uh like smartphone enthusiast market they kind of get uh counted out a lot to me they're more of a the most people who use lg phones are either huge audiophiles or people who got an lg phone at a carrier because Mm. they're huge in carrier stores by the way there's no headphone jack on this phone on the wing yeah i'm sure that's not gonna make some (laughs) lg fans happy but But actually i might push back on that a little bit i know that it is a thousand bucks and that it's harder once the higher the price gets higher to justify it but i think even at like a lower price like 700 bucks there's still the question of why Mm -hmm. and i think when people see this in the store it's no matter what the price is it's still gonna put like if they even if they put like a the highest end chip and 120 hertz screen on the outside and all this stuff and flagship spec I still think there's a why question, no matter what the price is, that is harder to answer without a demo. So do you think when you say in-store, you're talking about like Best Buy or Carrier Store or something like that? Yeah. Do you think there's enough time? Most people going into the store to upgrade a phone probably have a broken phone and are probably making that decision that night. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's enough time to start thinking about why? Because the first thing is the wow factor clearly like the first thing they're gonna flip this and be like oh my goodness what is happening like i just want to scroll around look at that crazy phone over there yeah Yeah. do you think they're gonna spend enough time after that wow factor to think why do i need this and then make the decision then and then do you think can they make the why decision in time i think they're gonna walk into the, the store they're gonna see it and they're gonna get wowed by it for the first few minutes 
And then they're going to go, wait, okay, so I can buy this right now. What I want to use this every day. And there's going to be a bunch of other much easier yeses to that question. Like there's going to be an iPhone 12 sitting right next to it for 700 bucks. There's going to be, you know, the, the Galaxy S20 FE. There's going to be all these other phones that you can just go, yeah, I can plug this into my life and it, it replaces my phone and we're good for a couple of years. And you're going to look at this phone and go, is this going to break? Do I, am I going to get annoyed by having to flip it open all the time? Am I going to never flip it open again? What's like, what is the sacrifice here? And I, I don't think all of those questions are answered as easily with a plush-shaped phone. I think maybe with a, with a folding phone, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm getting a bigger screen. There's no way I get this anywhere else. I want it. But it's just with this swivel, it's, I don't know. It's harder to answer that quickly. And I think that's going to be a reason why it probably isn't going to immediately pop. But I still like that they did it. I love that LG doesn't like follow anyone for any reason. Yeah. <laughs> I think to me holding it, I would feel more confident in terms of durability than a folding phone. Might be skewed because I literally watched you tear the screen apart on mm. the original fold. Yep. Um, and I've just seen how delicate those... If you want to know how delicate those screens are, like, take a good look at inside the razor, uh, like hinge part. You can see how thin it is, and that just makes me nervous. This feels way less uh, fragile compared yeah. to other ones. But uh, yeah, I like it. So I have an interesting question here. This mm -hmm. is one I've been thinking about for a long time. So putting you on the spot is totally unfair. We've seen folding in two different ways. Now we've seen this swivel. If you were a different smartphone manufacturer and you wanted to bring in a new wild form factor that is going to make anybody say like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. what, what kind of smartphone are you creating? What is the, what's the new form factor? What's it doing? Okay. Is my, is my goal to sell as many as possible? I think your goal is to create something that has a benefit to to having the new form factor, if that makes sense. Okay. Why Why is this new form factor beneficial to the person buying it, which I, I hope is the reason that more people buy it and sells mm -hmm. better. But now I'm interested in, in both of your thoughts. Well, okay. If my, if my answer is I want to sell as many as possible, I'm debating in my head, is a flip phone versus a folding phone going to matter? I Honestly... I think the the most easy benefit to explain quickly is honestly the dual screen. The okay. way that Surface Duo started, if we look for a Surface Duo 2 where it's like higher performance and obviously much better in a lot of areas and maybe has better cameras and everything, but just like the dual screen thing, I think speaks to benefit for the user the most. Okay. But if I just want to sell as many as possible, I'm going to do a flip phone. Well, so... I want though. I want a new form. I want one that's not done. So something that's I want totally you to unique. Think of, and and I had oh, a wow. very hard time doing it, thinking <laughs> it. I think even my answer might be kind of cheating. Okay, well here's my answer then: is uh, the dual fold, so I can like a trifold. Yeah, trifold, so that I can unfold this giant sixteen by nine display again. So we, we're doing we're doing these folds, and we get like okay. a square screen out of it. I want like a fold, and then another unfold, so a full screen video plays full screen okay. widescreen. Didn't TCL try and do that? I, they, I'm still counting the answer, but I think yeah. TCL like tried to do something, but it had a very Royale uh, it was not to it. It was very prototypey, and yeah. I think some of them weren't even actually working. They had a paper screen, but I okay. I think that's something they proposed at, at one point, yeah. So my, my theory or my thought is, 
and this has kind of been done or at least prototyped. Do you remember the the rollable screen that yep. came out? Also TCL prototype. TCL, right? Screen. Yeah. So I don't like it in that form factor because it does the same thing as like the fold where it turns into four by nine. I want to turn it, if you, if you consider the rolling phone compared to the Z Fold, I want to make one equivalent of the Z Flip where it is a small square that rolls up. <laughs> like into, a mini scroll. Yeah, so like it would just be a little square in your pocket and then you roll it up and now it's a full size smartphone slab. You know what the biggest problem with that probably would be? A, a lot of a things. A battery. Because when you have to fit it in that small square, True. how big could your battery really be? And then you're unfolding this huge screen for the tiny battery to power. That might be the biggest I guess, but is bottleneck. That, so I guess folding phones have the battery in both. They have two batteries. Sides. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I never said it had to be reasonable. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. But yeah, uh, there's a whole lot. The whole point is like these alternate form factors are keeping smartphones interesting. I think the way, I haven't made the video yet, but I think the way the video for LG Wing is going to start is like, if you really still believe that all smartphones are boring, then you haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Because it's getting crazy. Uh, all right, you want to talk about iPhones for a little bit? I feel like we have yeah, to at I least. I think I want to talk about <laughs> one iPhone specifically since we're talking about form factors. And while this isn't a new form factor by any means, I think the iPhone mini is like the most mm. interesting new one out of their lineup. The most interesting? Uh, okay. Yeah. I th well, I think it is. Well, I think there's a lot of interesting things about the new iPhones, but yeah. I think purely form factor wise, iPhone mini, I'm really happy Okay, fair. that they're going. Small phones. We know a lot of people that want, or Grover, if you're listening, yeah, he wants small phones really bad. I would still stick to a big one, but I'm, I know a lot of people who would prefer. The trend of putting flagship specs in a small phone, I think died with the last small flagship iPhone. So yes, I'm glad we're going to see a mini, but let's just go over the whole lineup real quick. Okay. So Apple announced their new stuff. We're getting iPhone 12s across the board and there's four general models of the new iPhone. iPhone 12, which replace, oh, I won't say what it replaces, but, well, I can, okay. iPhone 12 replaces iPhone 11. Yep. iPhone 12 Pro replaces iPhone 11 Pro. iPhone 12 Pro Max replaces iPhone 11 Pro Max. Mm -hmm. And there's a new iPhone 12 Mini, yeah. which is a five and a half, five point four 5.4 inch screen, so the, closer to the size of those smaller ones, but still like that full screen notch size. Really yeah. interested in that phone, like we said, having flagship specs in a smaller body, how, how big will that notch look on a tiny iPhone? I have a lot of questions about battery that is life. true. There's a lot of remains to be seen stuff about that phone. And interestingly, the iPhone 12 mini and the iPhone 12 Pro Max are both coming out about three to four weeks after yeah. the iPhone 12 and 12 Pro. So we'll have to wait extra long to see how these, these mini iPhones stack up. But... That's that's the number one curiosity for us. I'm I'm with you on that. It's gonna really mess up our video schedule. <laughs> I honestly I'm fine with it because making a video about four different iPhones, testing the them all at once time, is yeah. so much harder than letting them sort of spread out a little bit. Shout out to the trucks that are always driving by. Gotta love them, yeah. Um so that's that's the mini. Then we have the iPhone twelve. The iPhone twelve mini starts at six ninety nine and the iPhone twelve is up back again to seven ninety nine. So I think that's a little interesting because if you remember back to the iPhone XR that mm -hmm. started at 749, then the iPhone 11 dropped to 699. And we said, whoa, Apple dropped the price of the base iPhone. That's something you don't see very often. Now that's back up to 7 
$99. But the mini slots back in at that low price again. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a little bit more expensive, but I think that the, all the features that they announced that go into these phones kind of justify it. They're pretty sweet. Yeah, it, they made it, I feel like the biggest, especially when, remember how many people complained about like PPI and resolution on the XR? Mm, like yep. to the point John Morrison made that great video of, who can actually tell the difference where he like did two screens where you couldn't tell what phone it was. Love and, that video. And a ton of people had no idea. And mm-hmm. most of them picked the the XR, but they changed that to now the point where the 12 and the 12 Pro have the exact same resolution. Biggest upgrade is the screen. Yeah. So you're getting an OLED, you're getting a higher resolution. It is still 60 hertz. And you know, as much as I wish we had a higher fresh rate iPhone, mm-hmm. they're all 60 hertz again. But yeah, massive screen upgrade to the iPhone 12 makes it no longer a 720p cringy spec and it's going to be a great looking screen. Yeah, and makes you wonder is this really worth spending 999 on the iPhone 12 Yeah, I want to get Pro. to that. Yes. Yeah. That. So, yeah, let's just get right into that. So, I think so yeah. iPhone 12 you have new screen, you also have A14 Bionic, which is a new chip. You also have MagSafe and these new magnets in the back and this whole ecosystem of like magnetic chargers and magnetic cases and wallet attachments and that'll be open to third parties. That, I think, is super cool. I can't wait to see what slaps on the back of the iPhone for the next year. But the question that we've come up to is, okay, iPhone 12 is $799. iPhone 12 Pro is $999. Why would you get the 12 Pro? And so the differences, physically speaking, are, one, it's going to be a little bigger, a little bit, little bit of a larger screen. It's not. It's exactly the same, 6.1. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So 6.1 yeah, inch We, we went both. over this yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So they both have the flat sides in the new design, but you have stainless steel sides yeah, on the 12 different. Pro mm-hmm. versus aluminum sides. Honestly, I personally prefer aluminum. I think that matte finish is a little bit nicer to my eye, um, but you get that new shape on both. You get the telephoto lens of the 12 Pro. You don't get a telephoto on the 11, mm-hmm. or oh, sorry, on the 12. So if you like taking zoomed in photos, you will notice, I guess. Um, you get LiDAR for better portrait mode, better low light autofocus, and better and more accurate AR stuff on the Pro. Honestly, I could be fine without LiDAR. I guess if I'm a camera nerd, I'm really looking for that improved autofocus performance, but that's another difference. And then, you know, it's like it's those extra video features, the Pro RAW format that they're coming soon with. Yeah, we don't we soon. don't know when that's coming, but Pro RAW. Um that's that's about where the major differences end, if I'm being honest. The screens are about the same now, which is crazy. Yeah. There's no pro motion or high refresh rate. So mm-hmm. do you pay two hundred extra dollars uh for, for stainless steel, LIDAR, and a, and a telephoto? My my I gut would, answer is yeah. no. Of course not. Uh but we'll see. We'll see. I I would if I had to guess, let's try and guess well let's see if you agree with me on this. If we were to guess sales for all four models, mm-hmm. I would put, I think Mini's gonna be number one because it's the cheapest. Uh, yes, okay. I think 12 is going to be number two. Then I would put 12 Pro Max as number three. And then mm. I would put 12 Pro as number four. And my reasoning would be min- 12 Mini is the cheapest. Then mm-hmm. 12 is the next cheapest, but also so similar to the Pro that I think anyone who really wants to go full, full blown best iPhone, they're not gonna go pro, they're gonna go 12 Pro Max. 
because that is the best of the best and you you get that slightly bigger sensor which is also weird that there's a difference between mm-hmm. the 12 pro and the 12 pro max and then 12 pro just feels like the worst deal out of all of them comparatively okay that's a very logical way of predicting the sales i think your order is the order of compelling buy which is the 12 mini is the cheapest and it gives you all the features of the 12 just a little smaller and cheaper yeah. um i think it will be 12 okay then 12 mini then 12 pro max then then 12 pro and the reason i say 12 pro max being tw- above 12 pro again is like you said there's a couple things that are actually better this time about the 12 pro max than the 12 and apple usually doesn't do that but there's uh mm-hmm. there's better autofocus or sorry there's a there's a better slightly farther telephoto camera on mm-hmm. the 12 pro max and there's better uh shifter sense optical image stabilization on the 12 pro max that is not in the 12 pro sensor so, shift sensor shift shifter sense shifter sense <laughs> sensor shift um so that's going to be a little bit better so it's if you definitely want the best thing yeah. that they can offer and all the the Dolby, you know, Atmos HDR video and all that stuff, you go with the 12 Pro Max, uh, no questions asked. You spend the most, you get the best, biggest battery, best phone. But I think still the 12 for most people is going to be yeah. the default. I uh, can see that. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder how it's going to sit on the shelf next to the Mini, though. That's really interesting. Yeah, I do think Pro Max is definitely going to sell over Pro, and I think that's because if you're jumping that, camera seems to be like, far and beyond your most important spec. If you're jumping $200 to Pro, of course you jump another $100 to 12 Pro Max because you actually get tangible benefit there. Yeah, and to make better use of all those cameras, the better battery and bigger screen are going to be huge to to take advantage of the thing you're paying extra for. So it seems like a no-brainer to go 12 Pro Max over 12 Pro. Yeah, so that's... That's the, the that's the basic lineup the way we see it. We'll of course be getting to all this stuff. The no charger in the box. We'll be unboxing the iPhones, um, and by no charger we mean for environmental sake they didn't include the charging brick, but they also included a USB C to Lightning cable when pretty much everyone has the USB A charging brick at home. Yeah, that's the only. So that's a that's a weird one. <laughs> that's kind of weird. I still am one hundred percent behind no charging brick. I'm behind the initiative, but if you're gonna make the argument that everyone has a charging brick at home. Your last nine years of iPhone customers have the USB-A charging brick, mm-hmm. and you should include the USB-A charging cable, and they're going to include the USB-C charging cable and make their extra money by selling a bunch of people USB-C charging brick. Uh, so that's kind of rough. But again, way smaller boxes for the iPhone. Uh, no headphones in the box for the iPhone either. So, you know, all that being said, iPhones are the same price. Um, but that's something we've learned. And we'll keep an eye on all that iPhone stuff. All those reviews are coming up soon. iPad Air review is coming up soon. Uh, Xbox review is coming up soon. There's a bunch of phone, like it's it's Techtober. It's all still coming out, but I think we should take a quick break after mm-hmm. all that TikTok talk. And uh, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more tech stuff. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own. That's why Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Today, lawmakers who oppose abortion are challenging Planned Parenthood. Affordable, high-quality basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. Planned Parenthood believes that health care is a basic human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common-sense policies 
that protect our right to control our own bodies. They also work tirelessly to oppose the onslaught of new policies aimed at interfering with personal decisions best left to patients and their doctors. They won't give up and they won't back down. You can join Planned Parenthood in the fight to help make sure that the next generation can decide their own futures. The organization needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, welcome back. We got one more thing to talk about, which I think is actually maybe the most interesting part of the way smartphones have evolved over the past couple of years, which is, well, first of all, remember when we used to ask, like, what's the sweet spot for a smartphone screen size? And that answer changed every year. It used to be 3.7, believe it or not. Mm. And then it was like (laughs) 4.4 is perfect. And then 4.7 was perfect. And then 5.4 is perfect. Now the iPhone 12 mini is the smallest one and it's 5.4. So that's been shifting, always. But the new question is, what's the sweet spot for price? For like how much you spend on a good smartphone? And I think some of this comes from our like good phones getting cheap, cheap phones getting good sentiment, where good phones aren't cheap anymore. (laughs) They're really, the best phones are very expensive. But the sweet spot for like where you can spend and safely, comfortably have a, a vast range of good smartphones to choose from has sort of landed around this like 600 to 799 price range. Yeah. And that's been heating up a lot lately. A lot of good phones there. Yeah, I think 699 to 799 is like the sweet spot. It's the the biggest gap from the price range before it, which I would consider like $500 range. Right. So $500 to $750, let us say, you're getting a huge jump. But then when you jump $750 to 1000 diminishing returns are kicking in pretty hard bells and whistles kicking in too yeah so like you're i really think that is the prime spot you should be looking for a phone right now if you're not just willing to toss whatever if you don't need the literal best thing on the market right now that's where to look and so that's where we just got oneplus 8t we just got iphone 12 mini we just got iphone 12 we just got pixel 5 and we're going to keep getting phones at that price. Samsung FE. Galaxy S20 yes. FE. So there's a lot going on. I was actually just on the Vergecast uh, chatting mm-hmm. with Dieter, one of my favorite podcasts. You guys should check out their last really episode. episode. It was a lot of fun. And we talked for a while about Samsung and like that conversation about how they attack price, yeah. which is like, sure, they have the Note and the A series and the Galaxy S. But like, does any of that, does any of that really matter if all they're trying to do is stratify price? They're just trying to offer a phone at every price. And if they can get you at 600, they've got a phone for that price. If they can get you at 800, 
they've got a phone for that price. They can get you at twelve hundred. Trust me, they've got a phone for that price too. Um, and so that was that was a fun conversation, just about like smartphone, you know, world in general, and like mm-hmm. how can Samsung keep this up with sure being the default? I'm sure. What was that? An iPhone? Well, who said that? I don't know. <laughs> who said that? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm putting that in the. I'm not editing this part out because we were just talking and somebody's smart assistant said, I'm not sure I understand. Who and we have that? absolutely no idea who it is. Who said that? That was weird. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Vergecast was fun. Check that one out. But I think. Uh, I think that's that's the point we've landed on is like, is that sweet spot going to change? Are we here for a while? How much would you spend on a new phone today? Do any of these new ones in that price range speak to you? Like right now, what Me? phone are you? Yeah, what are yeah. you on right now? I actually think this is interesting because I have a Pixel 4 right now. Okay. And while I'm super bummed that the Pixel 5 didn't come out with a like full-blown flagship, Same. I still think the Pixel 5 is an upgrade to the Pixel 4. I think getting rid of Soli was awesome i hated soleil i'm Sole. so mad soleil <laughs> i'm so mad that i have this like giant forehead on my phone just for some extra cameras to for me to disable so you have much. a 4xl right 4xl okay. so i'll get to why i'm not going to get a pixel 5 mm-hmm. um i'm i think i'm fine with the 765g like yes i would want the best for future proofing or whatever but i've changed my phones pretty often i probably don't hang on to them as much as needing a, a full-blown cpu out of it um seems like they upped the battery a little bit i thought battery life was not great on the four they upped the battery a lot i mean just anecdotally i've had a couple days with the pixel 5 but it's it's a four thousand milliamp hour battery versus 3700 so i think maybe pure size is only a minor upgrade but then you're also getting the more efficient 765g which is going to help a ton so to me that feels like an upgrade um hole punch uh hole punch cutout i'm totally fine with fingerprint sensor even though i did get used to face unlock but maybe i don't like it as much right now just because of wearing masks which i hope everyone's still wearing their mask um i think the design looks great it has an ultra wide which was like my biggest gripe on the last one yeah i think the refresh rate is still still 90 still adaptive though yes but you can force 90 hertz i would feel more comfortable much. forcing 90 hertz because the battery life's better biggest gripe is there's no xl i like the xl version Mm. I don't think I would buy the smaller phone, and that's completely personal preference. But I think if you like uh, smaller phones, I think the Pixel Five. I don't know if you have to upgrade from the Pixel Four, but I would still almost consider it an upgrade. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Wow. So all of that good stuff about the Pixel Five you just said, but you wouldn't get it because it's it's a little it's too smaller, small. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm with you where I I like mid to larger size phones, but the reason I I'm starting to think I probably won't stick with Pixel 5 despite its incredible cameras is I really (laughs) have become accustomed to the bells and whistles, Mm -hmm. which is to me 120 hertz over 90. To me, that's, you know, it's fine having the fingerprint reader on the back, but also having it under the screen is a little nicer Mm -hmm. to me. I like that a lot. The squeeze is gone. That's not a big deal for me, but Snapdragon 865 just for future proofing and high performance all the time would have been awesome. A little more RAM. I think it has 8 gigs, which is a lot, but a lot of phones nowadays have 12, and I'm super used to that. So it's a lot of things like that uh, that have added up to me. I think probably at the end of this testing, 
I might just go back to OnePlus 8 Pro, despite its inferior camera. <laughs> it's wild that that's and it's that's it's curved screen. Yeah, in. I'm gonna miss the flat screen because I've really liked having a couple flat screens in a row. I've tested on OnePlus 8T and Pixel 5, but um, I'm really really liking high refresh rate and like flagship type stuff. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, that being said, the review's still coming soon, so. Obviously, all the competition at this price has to be evaluated, and that's where we're at. And, of course, the iPhone stuff comes up into that. But, yeah, that's just yeah, where we're at. I, I think the 750 price range is, like, a huge uh, – I think a lot of people are probably super excited for it. People that are starting to, like – who are really big phone enthusiasts but really don't want to throw – no one wants to throw down $1,000 for a phone. 750 is still pretty expensive. Like, I bet you the vast majority of people are getting phones closer to that $500 range. Obviously, there's still budget phones, but I, I think this brings into our next conversation. You and Dieter talked about it a little bit, but not too much. Um, where do we name all these price ranges? Because it used to just be mm. budget, mid-range, flagship. Right. But there's a couple of reasons why I don't think we can use that anymore. We have now companies' flagships are a huge price range difference. I mean, like we're talking four to $500 sometimes. I think if you can fit the price of a phone between a price range, like where that price range is gone. So okay, flagships, I don't think work as a name anymore. I think mid-range has changed completely because when I used to think of mid-range, I used to think $500, but that those have kind of evolved into this 700 to $800 type of phone. Yeah. So we have more types of budgets, more right. types of like mids. We have... Then we have like the folds, which are just two thousand dollars, which is okay. So crazy. here's how, so. yeah, this is how I'm thinking about it. I'm like thinking about it. I'm constructing it in my head mm -hmm. as we're going, but I think it's kind of like cars, where there's no just like careful, careful. Car okay. people, I tre treat us nicely. I'm treading, <laughs> I'm treading lightly here, but I'm not gonna like name drop two specific things. But I just think like when you look at one car company and all the stuff they sell, you can't divide all of what they make into just like flagship, budget, or mid-range. Like there's there is all kinds of stuff in between for all types of different buyers. So if I'm looking at a smartphone right now, I'm still generalizing, but I'm gonna go four groups. I'm gonna go budget, mm -hmm. and that's honestly like 400 and below. You hit the 399s with the, the iPhone SE, with the Pixel 4a, and anything below that, that's like air quote and budget. Okay. Okay. Then you have mid-range, which is, yeah, you know, there's some overlap, but now you're going anywhere from like 400, to like six six fifty somewhere in cool. there, right? So mid range now you're you're paying a little extra for something. Mm -hmm. Then there is the the one we don't really know how to name, which is like premium mid range maybe. Yeah, which is gonna go from like six hundred something to like eight hundred, and then you're creeping up on flagship. I'm gonna keep using the term flagship because I think it works here. Flagship is gonna be like your highest end maximum spec stuff from like 800 up to 1200 and then i think there's another category so maybe five above flagship which is like aspirational which is where you have your folding phones or your alternate form factors okay. or your bells and whistles to the max like the rog phone the crazy crazy highest highest end that's your aspirational above flagship mm -hmm. where like you might have a here's here's one for the car people you have your your BMW M5 and M7, which are your flagships, and then you have the i8, which is like not for nearly as many people, but it's it's a little more aspirational and futuristic and different. So hopefully that makes sense. Okay, I have, I just thought of this. We've been trying to compare 
phone price ranges to a lot of different things, but here's my here's my new thing to compare it to. I'm going to compare it to a, like an international flight and based on what seat you are sitting <laughs> in. Okay. So we have budget, Cabin which prices. is like budget is literally all the way in the back of the plane where you're stuck with a completely regular, like cheapest seat possible, and you're in the back so it doesn't lean back. Is it a middle seat too? Yeah, we'll Anywhere call it a middle back. seat. So like you are you are buying that phone or plane seat for the sole purpose of Travel. making it to the destination. Pure economy, yep. utility. Exactly. Okay. You have it, that's Fair. all you need. We're going to call mid-range, so like 400 to $600, an exit row seat. So okay. you're getting some extra leg room you can even have window or aisle. Extra legroom, but do you know when like those exit row seats don't lean back? So mm-hmm. like you're getting something extra, but you're losing something that okay. could be normal. Gotcha. So it's like you're usually pretty pumped. If you just bought total regular cabin, you'd be really excited for if you could score an exit row seat out of that. You found the good deal almost. Right. Then we're gonna go into which we haven't named yet, seven hundred to uh like eight hundred dollar range. That would be like not first class, but you're in the front, uh, what do they call it, economy plus now. Yeah. So they usually give you, there's like four or five rows that are extra leg room, leans back, and you're at the front back. of the plane, you're near the bathroom. Like mm-hmm. you've got some, you're the first person who gets the drink cart pretty much. Like you're paying extra now to get a bit of an upgrade. It's a more it's, complete package yeah, too. Yeah, but like, you're not like you really need. paying out the wazoo for it. Right. Then you've got like first class. So now- smaller group of seats the like wider seat there's only one person sitting next to you it leans back it has a tv you've got, sometimes got dinner and stuff mm-hmm. so that's your like flagship thousand dollar and then i like to call the top one like luxury this is like business class now where you're you're in lay flats uh-huh. you're getting a full like three course meal you're getting wine above and beyond to the point where you can't really use all of the features yeah. but if you do get any use out of them something's you're, probably like, going to waste and everybody who walks by you is like oh man i wish i had that like <laughs> everyone who sees a folding phone is like what like it catches their eye mm-hmm. like you don't walk onto the plane and think like oh check out economy plus they have extra legroom you're like Look at that guy who's laying down and sleeping already, and I'm about to go have my knees hurt for the next seven it's hours. It's like the 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 plane tickets Casey has made videos about. Yeah, like Matt's that's thought. the fold. That's the Z fold. That's yeah. uh, Moto Razor stuff like that. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, I but, think that checks out. Cool. I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Uh, who's the pilot? <laughs> I don't even. know. We are the consumer. Oh no, yeah. No, just competition. Um, Imagine competition for those seats, just like fighting each other. For I'm glad that's not a thing. Um, yeah, no, I think the air, airlines compete, flyers win. Maybe that's a cool. good metaphor for like, you know, you could fly LG Airlines or you could fly. Actually, well, that not, is a good metaphor. Air, is it airlines or is it specific seats? No, no, no. It's one. a it is a good metaphor because you could fly LG Airlines and maybe LG's budget is one thing. The back of the LG plane is one thing, but the Samsung Airlines back of that plane oh, would be different. Oh, there's a big difference? Yeah, and they offer, okay. there's much bigger planes for Samsung. So Samsung's got that second row. You know, seen those Airbuses <laughs> yeah, with the second level? like the bar. Yeah, <laughs> they've got that big plane. So you can yeah. get the, the crazy $3,000 seats up there. That is the Samsung plane. But like, you know, maybe the maybe the OnePlus plane only has a couple different choices because there's like three different models. And all of them get you to the same destination in the same amount of time. It yeah. just is how you're enjoying that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But we still haven't named them. I think so. My personal favorite is I like, hmm, I haven't figured out that like premium mid range. I like calling $1,000 premium and I like calling 
over thousand dollar your aspirational category as luxury yeah um it is luxury at the end of the day yeah i think that's like a luxury like you're paying to have something that other people don't have essentially Mm -hmm. your um premium i think works well just i guess i don't like the term flagship because like i said there there are companies where their flagship is 600 bucks and there are companies where their flagship's 1400 dollars. so it's very different but that middle range which is what you and dieter were trying to figure out middle nice Middle nice. <laughs> Can't say I'm a fan of that one. It's not the worst, but it's not it's the not best. It's not the worst. Name. Yeah. Mid. Premium mid range mid premium mid. I think that's fine. Premium mid range is fine. Just, yeah. Premium mid range. Okay. What would you call that in a car? What would you call something over a Honda Civic but under? a mid-range plus well with with cars they often talk about size so yeah. you're either at like mid-size or luxury mid-size or what's the difference between a a honda civic and a porsche in size no in like naming scale oh what uh, type civic, of civic technically a civic is like their flagship okay, i know you hate flagship so, oh, okay yeah we've devolved this is where I we get into the car world. stop talking about cars right. before we get hate yeah, comments let's, let's end the podcast before we get <laughs> flamed by all the car enthusiasts about how we don't know anything about them um yeah no that's that's basically where we're at i think just keep an eye on all these phones coming out on all these different prices and obviously all these reviews are coming out october techtober excuse me rolls on how dare you? yeah i can't even call it that i write techtober on checks now it's crazy <laughs> um <laughs> that's been it Thanks for listening. We'll be back with our regular scheduled episode in two more weeks, and we appreciate you tagging along. Catch you guys in the next ones. Peace. Waveform is brought to you in part with Studio 71, and our intro-outro music was created by Cameron Barlow. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org slash future to learn more and support their cause.